For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am very excited about today's show. We have got an amazing podcast episode for you today. Now, before we get into that episode, I want to play a clip from a video called How to Map a plan to achieving your big goals. Let's listen in. Is there something that's been on your to-do list for the longest time and you're just not moving in the right direction? Do you have this crazy vision and you've just not gotten started on it yet? Well, in today's video, I'm gonna show you an effortless way to get underway so you can begin making your dream a reality. Check it out. Oprah Winfrey has some wise words for us. She said, quote, I believe there's a calling for all of us. The real work of our lives is to become aware and awakened to answer the call. What is it that you want to do? What is it that you need to do? What is it that you feel called to do? Think about it for a minute. Why is it that you haven't yet made time for that calling, for whatever it is that's truly important to you? Let me guess, you just haven't been ready. You've been too busy getting all of your ducks in a row. You find it difficult to break away from all the other obligations that you've got going on in your life. Let's take some wisdom from Pablo Picasso. He said, only put off until tomorrow what you're willing to die having left undone. The easiest way to make time for what's truly important to you is to have a plan and to have a clear plan. And I'm gonna share with you exactly how to do that. Let's go. Step one, imagine you have already achieved your big goal, your big dream, whatever it is you want, in your life or in your business, you have already achieved it. Put yourself there. What does it look like? What has it done for you? How do you feel now that you've achieved it? What are others saying about you? In your mind, stew for a minute on your success. So here's an example. For me, I plan on creating a course. It's coming out in the future and it's my hope that thousands of people are gonna buy this course. And I'm visualizing what it's like having already just achieved that. 
Now that you know what you have already achieved, what I want you to do is I want you to step back maybe about two weeks, okay? And I want you to imagine what happened two weeks before you accomplished that goal. For me, with my example of the course, I put the final touches on the marketing plan and I put my marketing department to work to execute on the marketing plan. Let's say you're writing a book. You completed that manuscript and you sent that in for final edits. Whatever those steps are, write those down. Now what I want you to do is step back what happened just a little bit before then. We're going back in time, one step at a time, and we are saying, okay, just before I completed the manuscript, what did I have to do? Oh, I had to approve the cover art. Oh, I had to review the table of contents. Step back again. And before that, and before that, at a certain point, you're gonna step back so far that you're gonna be all the way back at the beginning of the process, and guess what? You have a plan. You visualized a future reality, and then what you did was you stepped back, step by step, and now you can step into your future, and it can become a reality. The hypothesis here is that the reason we don't get started is because we don't know where to go. We don't know what our game plan is. What I've helped you accomplish is a very, very rough outline of the major steps that are required for you to achieve any goal. And all you really need to do is visualize it in your mind and say to yourself, all right, what did I likely do then? And just keep reverse engineering it one step at a time until you get all the way back to the beginning. And that will be your game plan. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Okay, now I know some of you right now are like, I have no freaking idea how to reverse engineer something I've never done before. And that's a legit concern. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter. All you need to do is guess. The thing that holds us back the most is not having any kind of plan at all. Don't worry about having it perfect, just guess. Even if they turn out to be the wrong steps, because your goal is to get a plan on paper, it doesn't need to be perfect, it doesn't need to be accurate, it just needs to be imagined. Now is the easy part. Step into your plan. You've got everything you need to get started. And you know what? Because you have a plan, you'll be able to make time for it. You won't have any more excuses. Instead, you'll be able to help make that plan a reality. Go for it. All right, well, there you go. What'd you think about that, huh? Pretty fascinating. If you wanna actually see the video and the videos that I have recorded. Depending on when you hear this, there's a total of 14 videos that I have recorded as part of this series. And you can find them at youtube.com slash social media examiner. All right, now on to today's awesome podcast interview. I'm gonna be joined by Tara Zerker and we're gonna talk about how to create successful Facebook ads on a very small budget. She is going to reveal a methodology that works so you don't waste your money and you don't waste your time and you get absolutely amazing results. By the way, want to reach me? You can tag me on Instagram at Stelsner or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And also, are you new to this podcast? Subscribe so you do not miss another amazing episode. Now on to this week's interview. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. 
You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Review with Tara Zerker. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Tara Zerker. If you don't know who Tara is, she's a Facebook ads expert and founder of the Successful Ads Club. It's her membership site, and it's designed for marketers who want to improve their Facebook and Instagram ads performance. Tara, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Mike. It's good to be here with you and the whole community. I am super stoked to have you. Today, Tara and I will explore how marketers with a small budget can succeed with Facebook ads. Now, Tara, before we go there, I would love to find out your backstory How the heck did you get into Facebook ads? Start wherever you want to start. (laughs) Thanks, Mike. Okay, well, like probably many listening, I've had a couple of iterations of my social media career. I started off as a freelancer, developed an agency with a couple different focuses, but my favorite was social media management. And a little bit into my social media management career, I had a client reach out to me. He had a startup with a really cool app in the hospitality space, and he really wanted me to do social media for him. So I come in and sign the contract. And on day one, he kind of baits and switches me in the best way possible. He said, you know what? We really want you to focus on paid ads. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm all about organic, but if you really want me to, I will dig in and learn as long as you're okay with some learning curves. He was totally cool with it and he was really confident in my abilities. So I started figuring out, you know, through all the tutorials and blogs and YouTube videos and everything you can imagine, just start digging in and really getting my hands dirty in paid ads. This was about seven years ago. So there were a lot of brand new features. And in fact, advertising was not nearly as sophisticated as it is today on Facebook. And because there were some new features that we were using and we had a pretty good, you know, year one budget for the startup, we were getting really great Facebook support. And so we would have a call with them every couple of weeks and they would guide us. And pretty soon they started taking notice of our ads in a, in a special way and saying, Hey, Tara, like, what are you guys doing over there? You are outperforming every other business in your industry. Like, how are you doing this? Hmm. And what was going on behind the scenes, Mike, was I had a really strong CEO who was fabulous. And he made sure that there were not any gaps in my system. So, you know, I'd refine my little system and he would guide me and say, what about this? Can you answer this question? Or what about this gap? And so I had to kind of like make my system pretty airtight. And the other part of it was this company was funded by investors. And they asked really tough questions. So sometimes they would put me in a boardroom (laughs) with these investors and say, here's Tara, she'll answer your questions. And if I didn't come prepared and if I didn't have a system that was not only flexible, but also tough as nails, then they would really drill into me. So I learned pretty quickly, just, you know, baptism by fire, basically, to kind of airtight my system. Well, first to develop my system and how I did that was just all my studying and then figuring out which strategy I thought would work for us and then testing it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But I developed a testing strategy that to this day, um, I refined over the years, obviously, but to this day has built a lot of success. And so that's what I did. I, I made this system and eventually we started taking it to other industries and niches and clients and 
our average client, when we were really in our heyday with our agency, was spending between $25,000 and $250,000 per month or per launch. And so we got some really great you know, success stories, but also we got to test this system in a lot of different environments and we saw it just continue to create the success over and over again. And so eventually I decided, you know what, I really want to take this to the masses, to the marketing world and the business world at large and show our, you know, marketers and business owners, hey, you don't have to have a ton of budget. This will definitely scale to bigger budgets, but you can start with $10 a day and start to see incredible success in your system or in your company. And so we started Successful Ads Club with our system and our training and our our guidance, our resources, our coaching team. And we have, you know, any given day, 800 members in there learning how to do their own ads and getting things set up and within a week getting leads into their company using the exact same system I'm going to talk about today. Awesome. That's an amazing story. <laughs> Thanks. So what I want to hear from you is, especially for the smaller businesses or the businesses that don't have budgets, you know, they don't have substantial budgets for Facebook advertising. What do you want to say to those businesses? Like, why should they not ignore or said another way, why should they be focused on Facebook ads if they don't oh have goodness. a big budget? Oh, such a good question. And I think, you know, if I had to really put it into, I would say there's three main reasons not why Facebook is relevant or why you, you really can't ignore Facebook as a marketer or business owner. Number one is, and Mike, I'm sure you would agree, this is where your clients and customers are living. This is where they are you know, consuming a lot of their daily internet content. And this is where they're connecting with people. There's, what was it, 2.5 billion active users now monthly on Facebook and 1.5 billion active daily users. And so if you think that your customers and clients are not on Facebook, you are probably telling yourself a big fat lie because they are, they're there, they're scrolling, they're consuming content. And I'll tell you, if you're not in front of them, your competitors are. So that's like, big reason, number one. Number two, I just feel like it is the best bargain. You know, I don't see another platform coming close in the next five years to competing with the bargain that is Facebook and Instagram. I was actually, I made some notes of, you know, some case studies. And I, I think these two will really illustrate the opportunity pretty well. But of the thousands of case studies I've seen in our community, these are two that really focus on lower budgets and, and just you know, great examples of what's possible. But we had an online business owner, for example, in the digital space. Her budget was $10 a day, Mike. So what are we talking? 300 bucks a month. And that was resulting. She got went through her testing and, and then, you know, put her budget at what it was, 10 bucks a day. And she was getting eight to nine leads per day. Well, that doesn't sound like a ton when you're just looking at it daily. It's actually a good little trickle, right? But she was so shocked when she looked at the annual numbers and she was like, oh my gosh, there's 3,000 people on my email list. I started with zero, now I have 3,000. And I maintain this system like a few minutes a month. And so I think, you know, if you're talking about sometimes people discount their opportunity with Facebook and Instagram simply because they say, I don't have a huge budget. I'm not playing with you know, thousands a month or even 8,000 a month. So that's a great example of, you know, the kind of success you can see. And we see this every day. So another really good example, brick and mortar, local business, uh, medical spa, spending about 40 bucks a day. Now, what's really cool about this is, you know, this medical spa actually was generating two to four leads per day. This is on $40 a day, 1200 bucks a month. 
And this was for appointment requests for injectables. So like, I don't know if you know your injectables, Mike, but CoolSculpt, or I'm sorry, uh, Botox and Juvederm and all these different, you know, girl stuff, right? Got it. At at first I was like, what are you talking about? Vitamins? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't even worry about it. But ladies, I know you know what I'm saying. And the cool sculpting uh, service, which is like a fat reduction service, it's a higher ticket package. And so anyways, point being, they were generating two to four leads per day for this. What was really cool was during their summertime slump and a, a lot of companies in the wellness space, especially through local businesses, they'll have like these summertime slumps. And so they would just pop their budget up to a hundred a day and start getting more and more appointment requests. And then during their busy season, when they were at 80% capacity and just wanted to fill their books the rest of the way, they just bring it down to $40 a day. Hmm. Well, that may not sound like a lot, Mike, like two to four leads per day, but it was actually so much for them. It overwhelmed their capacity so much that they had to hire somebody just to come in and take these consultations and another person just to handle the appointment requests. Wow. So when they wanted to scale it, you know, their whole staff was pretty busy as it was. And so this was just enough to kind of bump them over needing to hire even more people to handle that additional capacity. So I feel like, you know, again, going back to why is this relevant? Because number one, that budget is really flexible and you can bring it up or down depending on your capacity, but there's just not a better bargain out there. Dollar for dollar, if you are going to invest paid ads in any of the social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram is your best bargain to start with. And then number three, I think I mentioned it earlier, but I just feel like if you're not the one getting out there in front of your potential customers and clients, and I'll I'll just say this again because it's so important, your competition is. Like if you're not figuring it out, somebody else is. They're getting in front of your customers and clients. So you can actually be losing relevancy if you're not playing the game and getting yourself out there in the same way. Sold. (laughs) (laughs) Very well said. Um, Okay. So you mentioned that we're going to be talking about testing. So why should we test? Because honestly, so many marketers listening right now feel like they know who they want to reach and they kind of maybe know their message and testing just gets in the way. Talk to me a little bit. Why, oh why test? Goodness. Okay. That is so good. I feel like, and I say it all the time, I did not invent this phrase, but I don't know who did, but I love it. You want to test, not guess. Mm. Like this is so important. And this really defines my philosophy, not only for advertising, but everything I do practically, parenting and cooking and all sorts of things. But I feel like there's three reasons why testing is so dang on critical. Like the number one reason is to avoid that spaghetti at the wall strategy and feeling. And I say strategy very strategically because I feel like if you don't have a strategy, Well, you actually do. You just don't know it's a really bad strategy and it's called spaghetti at the wall. And it's where you just start, you know, tossing stuff out there and you're seeing what sticks and what it does is it creates, uh, I'm sure many of us have experienced this. It creates a very anxious feeling (laughs) inside of us. And all of a sudden you're nervous and you don't know what's working or what's, you know, or maybe you do know your numbers well enough to know like, it's maybe not working or 90% isn't working. And is that normal? And all of a sudden you just start putting new concepts out there. You're testing new audiences or, and it just leads to a lack of 
I don't know, just a lack of confidence in what you're doing and your ability to produce conversion. So the number one reason to test is actually to kind of gain control of the experience and make sure that you have a strategy that will work for your business um, and that you are getting the right conversions at the right price. A lot of times people get this, um, you know, spaghetti at the wall strategy feeling because they just don't know like what their numbers should be. They don't know if a $5 conversion is good or a $50 conversion is good. And spoiler alert, they can both be good depending on your business model and your industry. Like that can be a great cost or it can be an expensive cost or it can be a really cheap cost. It just, you've got to know the numbers for your industry. So the number one reason to test is to get rid of all of that spaghetti at the wall nonsense that it's just not good for anybody. Excellent. Well, I think that it's also going to save you money down the road, right? Heck yeah. Because so many times you just do something and maybe it works and then it stops working and then you have no idea why it's not working or you do it and it's working, but it's barely working. Right. And you don't know whether or not there could be a better way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like, you know, we could, oh man, you could talk about strategy all day. And I know it's been covered so much on the podcast already, but you know, there's strategy for what kind of advertising funnel, if you will, will work for your business. But then there's also testing strategy that will work for in, you know, what I've experienced every type of business. If you'll go into your ads with a testing strategy, it just takes, it resolves, honestly, like at least 80% of your problems. And the other 20% are probably just making sure you have the right strategy specific to your niche or industry in terms of, you know, what you're advertising to, like what is your offer, for example. Let's dig in on that. Let's talk about that. What is your testing strategy? Where do you want to start? Oh, goodness. Okay. So testing strategy. Well, when we go through with our members, we go through our testing protocol And so when people are going into testing, so we have, you know, the first step is to make sure that you have a really good overall strategy. And just to touch on that, Mike, because I do feel like that's where so many people fall down. You want to make sure that you're sending people to the right offer. You know, ads will do wonders for almost any business, like 99.9% of businesses ads can totally. And I would even say in many instances, they can make or even break a business. But if you are running people to the wrong type of offer, so if your landing page is just offering something that people are not interested in, or maybe it piques their interest a little bit, but they're not fully convinced, or if you're not building enough trust and rapport with the types of um, creative or the types of landing page that you have, then you're going to run into problems. But once you get past that, so that's kind of, you know, I want to put that out there because I see a lot of people not being super confident that their offer is even good. And once again, Mike, the only way to know is to test it. So with that kind of foundation, I feel like we can really start to dig into the official testing protocol. So what I'm hearing you say is whatever ad you're going to run, make sure you've got a decent sales page put together, right? Or offer page or whatever, right? And make sure like it's decent and good because the best advertising leading people to the worst page is going to result in horrible results. Is that what I'm hearing you say? (laughs) So well said. Exactly. And honestly, I feel like people also get stuck in thinking, does this need to be like just the most unique offer? It doesn't actually. 
And I'll give some good examples of some offers as we kind of go through the testing protocol. It doesn't need to be the most incredibly unique. You do not need to reinvent the wheel. You know, let's say you're a local restaurant, for example, you're trying to get ideas for what you should be advertising. I mean, if you have a Taco Tuesday, that pretty well will do it. A dollar off, you know, a uh, taco. <laughs> We're recording dollar this on your, a Tuesday for the record. This is true. <laughs> well, ole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so it, go, keep going. Exactly. So you don't need to be so incredibly unique. You just need to have an offer that really resonates with the audience. And that doesn't mean you have to reinvent the wheel. There's been, you know, lots, if you even Google offers, let's say in a different market, uh, or in your own market, you might get some really great inspiration there and see, you know, what are other medical spas running? What are other restaurants running? What are other retailers running? Whatever it is. And you'll start to see like, you know, it, it doesn't need to be crazy. It can be a dollar off or 5% or 10% or get a free quote or consultation. So we'll go through some of those in a couple minutes. But when it comes to testing, I really want everybody to go through this exact protocol. Honestly, this will save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on your ads. And so that protocol is testing your copy. And I'll go through exactly what each of these are, Mike, but copy, imagery, headlines, and I threw in a bonus of the call to action. So it's a bonus because you don't even have to test it. I'm just going to tell you what is kind of working right now and you can try it for yourself. But copy, imagery, and headlines. And if it's all right with you, Mike, I'll just Take let's you dig in. Those. Dig <laughs> in. It's time to to eat that taco. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So copy. I want everybody testing short, medium, and long copy. Now there are in terms of what to put in these ads, we can talk a little bit about that. And I'll give you some examples as well as a resource that I think will be really helpful. But the three things that I've noticed or the three lengths that I've noticed make all the difference in your cost per result is actually the length. Now, certainly the content has a lot to do with it. And I'll again, give you some examples. But when we're talking about copy, I want you to test short copy, which is a couple of sentences. And this example is from a vitamin company. Now, I wait, wait, real quick, just to be clear, when you say the copy, everybody can visualize a Facebook ad inside of their brain. You're talking about the text that's up at the very top below above the image. Am I right? Exactly. Okay. Yes. Just want to be and crystal clear on what part of the copy, quote unquote, you're talking about. So keep so going. So good. And then let's do just quick visual since everyone has it. Anatomy of an ad. You've got the image, right? And then below that is the headline. So the copy right below is the headline. And on Instagram, there is no headline. So it just has the little learn more and you just go right off. So the copy is above the ad on Facebook, below the ad on Instagram. And then the headline is right under the image on Facebook. Perfect. Does that help? Yep, okay. keep going. Great. All right, so short copy. Again, this is an example of an ad uh, that I recently purchased off of. So I'm sure many of you have seen the Ritual Vitamin ads pop up in your newsfeed. I see them all the time on Instagram. And honestly, it probably took me seeing this ad five or six times. So that's a that's a really good sort of reminder that sometimes it takes people a while to see your ads over and over and then get interested in what it is that you're actually uh, selling. So, you know, it might take a little bit of time to build up that credibility. But they had an ad that really put me over the edge, sent me to the website, and I just had to buy these vitamins after I saw this ad. It says, meet the visionary vitamin making headlines in the New York Times, 
CNN, and Vogue for its clean label transparency and glow-worthy results made for women by women. Mm. So two sentences. Yeah. So good. Well, and let's break down what they're doing. First of all, they're using social proof. Yep. Uh, from the major publications. Yep. They're also talking about a value proposition here that some people care about, which is uh, natural substances, it sounds like, right? Yep. And exactly. then the last thing is they're saying glow-worthy, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so they're talking about a desired outcome for women, right? They want to That's shine cool. or glow. Am I right? <laughs> exactly. You've got it. You've nailed it, Mike. Perfect. Excellent. And what I love about this is just a great example for us. So many advertisers have these credibility markers in their portfolios. They have the press mentions and that sort of thing. And so just that's such a great creative way. You don't even have to put what they said in your ad, but just mentioning, hey, we were featured in the New York Times, CNN and Vogue. Automatically, that builds enough trust and credibility that, again, I became one of their uh, customers because of that ad. Perfect. One more great example of short copy, and this was actually one of our ads that has honestly resulted in hundreds of thousands of dollars of business for us. And so this says, join our upcoming free workshop, create Facebook ads that actually work and fix the ones that don't and learn the three most important things, no exceptions here, in order to have tremendous success with simple ads. Register now. So concise, again, two sentences, you know, there's benefit packed and it tells people exactly what they're going to get. So short copy can be intimidating sometimes because you don't have so much space. It's one to two sentences. But if you get those sentences really nailed and packed full of benefits, it can just take off for you. Do you have a character count that you try to stay under so that it will show up before, you know, the, the more button pops up on Instagram or Facebook? On Instagram, you see about two sentences. And on Facebook, it's about three. So Facebook is now recommending 125 characters max. Got it. So yeah. And then do you recommend they be a paragraph jumped together? Do you recommend each sentence a paragraph? Do you understand what I'm asking? Yes, I do. And I've seen it work both ways perfectly. In this case, actually, both of these examples were the sentences like put together. So just one paragraph, but I have definitely done tons of testing on this and I've seen it both ways uh, equally effective. Got it. So start with a short copy and you recommend testing variations on short copy or do you recommend testing short copy up against medium and long copy? You know, I usually do. I'll do one variation of each. However, I think that if you want to do multiple variations, you just have to remember you're going to spend a little bit more on your testing budget. So If you're skinny on your testing budget, one variation of each, perfect. And if you got a little bit more to play with and you want to test maybe different angles, go for it. I mean, the more the merrier. Mm, Cool. Excellent. And a really good resource on that, Mike, is actually an episode you did recently. I loved it with Molly Pittman. And she talked about the different angles, the emotional and the logical aspects and how you can incorporate that into your ad. So if you want to do angles, that's a really good podcast to check out. Excellent. And that's socialmediaexaminer.com slash 384 if you want to check that out. Excellent. So what about medium? Like how much copy is medium versus long? Talk to us about that a little bit. A couple of short paragraphs on this one. So this one, you can elaborate a little bit more. And something that I love to do is just explain a little bit more about the offer. Or here's another really cool hack. Put in a testimonial. 
So it can almost be your short copy layered with the testimonial, or you can do kind of your short copy and just elaborate with a couple more bullet points of what people might expect once they get to your landing page and say yes to whatever the offer is. I love the fact that you are making the short and the medium have the exact same opening here, but you're just adding more information, right? Because that sounds like a good test, right? Because you're essentially removing that copy from the short version and you're expanding it into the medium version. And that seems like, you know, a really solid test to run. I really love to keep things simple. (laughs) So, and then another super cool little ninja hack here is that if your ad closely resembles your landing page, you're probably going to see a nice little lift in your conversion rate on your landing page. And that makes sense, right? We don't want to read an ad and get to a landing page and then have to mentally process the entire thing all over again, because it seems so different from the ad. So oftentimes you will find that if you can at least match the tone and honestly, sometimes I just pull in the copy straight from the lander and I'll do a short version of it and then a more medium version and then the long version, it is so effective. So that's another really good trick. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the long copy. Like what's the difference between medium and long? Are we talking about something more than two or three paragraphs is long? Yep. You've got it, Mike. So long three plus paragraphs or as long as it takes to tell the story. I love to think about one of our old clients who was a coach and she had a very poetic, like almost philosophical way about her. Hmm. And so we would always test this short, medium, long copy and different angles and that sort of thing. But what always, I mean, always, I had never seen anything shorter than like really, really long convert really well for her. And I think it's just people loved her writing style. And if they knew her or, you know, if that was going to be their coach, like they just really love the deep philosophy. And so we would do like a blog length, like a thousand words or something in an ad and it would do so incredibly well. So real quick, we're going to start with our copy, right? So if our first test we run is going to be short versus medium or short versus medium and long, And we're just going to have presumably the same image on this first round of tests. Is that correct? Before we start testing images? You got it. That's exactly right. So let's talk about images. Like, first of all, how do we know the best image to use for the first test when we're testing copy? And then how do we also get into which images we should test? Okay. If you have an image on your landing page, that's a great first image to run. Again, just this theory of what is on your landing page can generally, like you want to kind of create that seamless experience. That doesn't mean that's the image that's going to win out, but it's a good first image to run with. Perfect. When we're doing images, I like to do three to five images and I include videos and GIFs into this category. So I'm going to start with a couple of raw images and I'm going to do a couple of designed images. So by raw, I mean undesigned, just straight up the image. Like Like a photograph or what do you mean? Just a photograph. Yeah. So no design on it, no logos, no text, just the straight up image. And then within those two categories, so I always call them raw images and I don't know why I call them that, but designed and undesigned imagery, we'll say. And then within those, you can test some stock photography can often work really well. And remember, Facebook has a massive catalog for you to get free photos from. So you don't even need to oh, be intimidated. I did not know yeah. that. How do we find that? Do you know? Uh, just when you go into the ad creation tool at the ad level and you're choosing your image and you can just do free stock photos. Oh, cool. And so, yeah, it is, it's great. And you can find so many engaging photos and beautiful photos there. So 
you can always access that. Now, a little tip for people, because this always trips people up. When you choose a photo from the stock photography collection, it will have the watermark on it. And then people freak out because the draft uh, that you see of your ad shows the watermark. The second you publish that, Facebook, I presume, pays the royalty and then you can use the image. It will have just the image without the watermark. So just ah. know that in the draft, it will show the watermark. And then once you publish it, the watermark is gone. So this is an important distinction. It sounds like you're not going to be able to download and alter those images. You're just going to have to use those yeah. as is, right? That's right. And if you wanted to be able to add text and that sort of thing on it, then you would go to any whatever stock website you like, and then you can pay for it, download it, or you can use the free sites. There's so many great ones. Uh, or even just do your own stuff in Canva if you want to just make it super simple. They've got a library of images you can also use for free or purchase. So do you start by testing different photographs, if you will, up against each other? Un yep. unedited, meaning no text and just kind of see which one performs best? Or do you test the same photograph with words versus without words? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yep. So what I'll do is three to five images each. So I'll do three to five ad sets. And then within those ad sets, each ad set has its own ad. And then I'll just test image one, image two, image three, et cetera. So I'll do a couple of stock photography if I want. Not all accounts would I choose stock photography for, but some of them, it works really well. And then I would also test that against images of whatever was relevant to the business. So if I'm a local business, you know, uh, shots of the actual storefront or facility. If I'm a product, obviously, you know, my products. Or if I'm a personal brand, I'm going to test images of myself. A lot of people get hung up on that, but they will almost always outperform anything else. Mm. So you want to test, if you're going to choose to test some stock photos, then you would test that against your also like relevant images for whatever it is that you're selling or, or leading people to. Do you find that images with people in them outperform images without people in them? You know, this is a great, great, great thing you bring up. Actually, we find that group photos work really well, as do photos of people with animals, as do animals actually work really well, huh. as do photos with people, like groups of people with props, such as we had a great photo that did so well for us. And it was me and two of my team members. And then we all just grabbed a stick of gum and just blew bubbles. And we had on some sunglasses. And, you know, this was not like a... It looks like, it probably looked just like an organic Facebook post is probably why, right? Exactly. And that is such a critical piece to this whole thing. The more native you can, you know, Facebook really wants ads that feel really native to the platform. And we can talk a little bit more about this too, but... The more sort of organic you make your ads feel, and I know I'm not the first to say this, the better your performance. We just see this time and time again. You mentioned gifts. Yeah. Um, how do we use gifts and what about licensing and all that kind of stuff? Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, let me tell you what we did recently because I think this is accessible for everybody. And in fact, Instagram stories makes gifting your images so easy right now. So um, here's what we did. We taught a little online class and I happened to have my hair and makeup done and and I was very animated in this one section of the video. And so we said, what if we just pull that off and we'll just upload it to Giphy? So we just basically clipped 10 seconds of it, uploaded it to Giphy um, and created a little GIF out of it. Super simple, you guys. Took me maybe two or three minutes to do. And then we used it in one of our ads. So 
there's no sound to it. It's just, you know, it's just a GIF. And I will tell you that thing has performed like crazy for us. So you could do this with a boomerang, right? So you could create a boomerang in Instagram stories. You could do this on your phone. You can do this. I believe the iPhone allows you to make these little uh, like boomerang type gifts. So there are so many ways to create gifts right now. It's crazy. And you can just sit there and literally do it on your phone. Um, or you can make a little boomerang. You could even just do a boomerang of your products and just kind of like move your phone around. And that would be a gift. It's so simple to do. Let me ask this question. First of all, does it have to be a gift or does it just have to look like a gift? Meaning if it's a short video, will it loop like a GIF? Or does it have to be uploaded as a GIF? And secondly, do the GIFs automatically play in ads? The GIFs automatically play in ads, yes. Okay. And you can simply save it. You can upload it to like, again, you if you have a little short video, you can just upload it to Giphy and then turn it into a GIF file Got to it. make it official. Got it. Or you can just do the little video file too. What and, about using GIFs of famous people? You know, you have all those weird GIFs. Oh, uh, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Can you use that or is that no-no? I wouldn't do it. If it, it were me, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it would be a violation of the community. Yep. So you want to create your own gifts if you're going to use gifts in your ads. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I would just create your own or make sure that you're at least purchasing the rights to use it. I probably for anything that wasn't organic, I don't think I would. I definitely wouldn't use it for ads. Perfect. Okay, real quick question on the testing. How do you know when you got a winner? (laughs) Okay, so there are three metrics that I feel like honestly... Any good advertiser could probably look at your campaign and within 30 seconds know if it was going to be a successful campaign or not. And it's all based on three key metrics. Now, you're going to look at a lot more metrics than this, especially as you get more experienced and sophisticated. But these three are these are kind of the, the deal breakers right here. The first one is the click-through rate on the link. So not the CTR all, which some people like to look at that for various reasons. For me, it's kind of a throwaway metric. So CTR link, that means somebody saw your ad and clicked over to your offer, your landing page. And so we want to see that above 1%. And if honestly, I would love to be pushing it towards 2% as high as I can get it, obviously, but you know, between one and 2% is really achievable. It takes a lot actually to get it from 1% to 2%, but you'll start to see a major cost savings once you get it up that high. And the second thing is your CPM. So CPM is kind of an interesting metric and often overlooked. It is your cost per mil, and mil means thousand, and cost per thousand impressions. So that's how Facebook charges you. They are going to charge your credit card whether or not you had any conversions when you have impressions. I think most everybody listening would know that. And so I like to see your CPM under $42, and here's why. Many of you, by the way, will have it much lower than that. But when it starts to surpass $42, that indicates to me that Facebook doesn't like something in your ads or on your landing page. They may be allowing those ads to run, but there's like a little governor on it or something. It's making them more expensive. So there's something in them that they don't like. There's some word, and I have a whole list of best practices for this, but there's a word or a phrase or a concept that doesn't quite go against the the standards and policies, but is a little iffy. And so you just got to make sure you watch out for those things. And then the third thing is your landing page conversion rate. You need to know what that is for your offer type and your industry. But as kind of, you know, if I were collecting emails, let's say for my company, 
I want that landing page conversion rate to be at a minimum of 30%. And honestly, 30% at least. Yeah. Just if I'm collecting emails. Wow. That seems really high. I guess the only reason it seems really high is because, I mean, I guess if you're just collecting emails, I guess that means that 70% of the people that are coming to the site are not converting. I see why you want it at 30%. Now, obviously, if you're not collecting emails and you're selling something, it's going to be much lower, right? Oh, much lower. Let's say if you're e-com, the highest I've ever seen e-com is 10%. Right. I would say 3% is kind of, you know, like one to 3% is, is pretty good. And then like three to five is like, whoa, that's really good. But I have seen as high as 10%. Got it. I do believe with enough testing, it is possible to get up there. And then let's say you are uh, maybe like doing consultations or free quotes or something like that. And so that's typically in, well, honestly, that range is kind of one to 10% too. So it depends exactly on what it was you were offering and what kind of business and what kind of quote, you know, is it solar insurance? Is it for a health service? That sort of thing. Okay. So, so far we've talked about how you got to start with your copy and then we got to test your images. The next thing is the headlines, which is the text on Facebook below the image but it does not show up at all on Instagram, right? So what should we be testing with our headlines? Okay, I've got two really simple formulas for you today. So one is just the offer title. Now everyone thinks this is really boring, but it is honestly so effective. So the offer title is whatever the freaking offer is. (laughs) So just keep it simple. Save 20% off your first purchase or save 20% off your first purchase with code XYZ, right? Mm, Okay. Our Labor Day sale starts now. Free shipping expires XYZ date. Get your free quote or make it even juicier. Get your free quote in 10 minutes. Get a free anti-aging neck treatment with your first facial. So it's just whatever is on that landing page is literally just the offer. What's the the character limit on that? Because doesn't it depend on whether you have a call to action button also? Yeah, exactly. And in fact, it's also going to depend like on mobile. So you always want to judge it based on mobile. I think it's 40... No, I might be thinking like 90 characters, something like that. It's a few short words. Keep and so you'll, you'll truncate that based on what you're seeing in your preview. So is the order of testing that you recommend in the order of which you've actually you know stated this, right? Like first and foremost, you're going to be doing the most testing on the copy more than the images and even the headline. Is that correct? Is that what I'm hearing you say? Well, I don't know if you're doing more testing. So what I like to do, it's actually pretty equal testing. I just go hardest to easiest. So for me, nailing that copy is the hardest. And the imagery always tends to be a little bit easier. I feel like once people get past the copy, uh, the rest of it is pretty simple. And the headlines are real simple because you can just do, like I mentioned, that offer title, or you could even do a benefits-driven headline, which is also very effective. But Those, I just go hardest to easiest is what I do. And then what I do, Mike, is I let each one spend to 1,000 in reach or a minimum of at least a few conversions. Now, if I'm working with a big budget, I'm going to spend a lot more time (laughs) letting it run quite a bit more. But if I've got a baby budget or I'm advising somebody with a baby budget, minimum 1,000 in reach or at least a few conversions. I mean, at least like three to five conversions per ad set and per ad. Okay. So I think what I'm hearing you say is, first of all, get that copy tested and get it down to a point where you really, really are getting great results from it. Then begin testing variations with images and or GIFs and Uh or video, right? Yep. And then once you find one that really works, then begin testing variations on your headlines. 
And we did not yet talk about the call to action. Did you want to mention that at all? Call to action, super simple. Just as a bonus, I have seen um, all of our data pointing to no button. When you're working with images, you can select no button as one of the calls to action. Hmm. That one seems to be producing the best results right now. And you know, that fluctuates. So that's kind of right now. So test it and see. But if you don't have time or budget to test it, just go with no button. And then if you have a GIF or a video, then sign up or uh, buy now. One of those buttons are usually the best. Learn more can also be effective. So you can just test and see which one. But if you're just using images, try the no button. Is there a diminishing return on our ads over time? And at a certain point, do we need to start this process all over again? Right. In our system, we teach doing a monthly maintenance. So we call it the OR process. Think of it like a OR, literally, you know, like moving your boat forward. And so it is the optimize, analyze, and refresh process. And depending on your budget, if you've got a baby budget, it's going to take you 15 minutes a month. You're going to look at Basically, I want you to look at the whole month and then a seven-day window, and then you can just start to see like how your ads are doing. If they're still doing great, let them keep going. And if you start to see, whoa, they're getting a little more expensive at that seven-day window, look at the three-day window, look at the yesterday and today. And if you see that your ad costs are starting to rise, you've got to go through the testing protocol again. So you got to get cozy with the testing protocol. Again, this will save you hundreds thousands of dollars and so many headaches. And so get familiar and get comfortable with this testing protocol because you are going to do it periodically. If you've got a really small budget, you're going to do it less frequently. Honestly, if you're spending $10 a day, like the example I shared earlier, you might be doing, you know, going through the testing protocol two or three or four times a year. It could be very, very minimal. And if you've got a bigger budget, maybe you're working with thousands per month, you're probably going to be doing this every single month. Awesome. Tara, I could sit and talk with you for hours. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. You are such a great communicator. Oh, you've broken you. this down. You've made this so simple for everyone to understand. Why don't you tell everyone where they can discover more about you and all the cool things you got going on? Oh, thank you so much, Mike. Okay, well, for everyone listening, I actually made you a little kit called Your Perfect Ad Kit. So this is for marketers and business owners that want to create ads that honestly sell like hotcakes. So Mike, people pay us for our one-on-one -on -one consulting at the hourly rate of $350. And nine times out of 10, it has to do with something that I put into this kit. So my goal was to really save a lot of headaches and problems and help people avoid the pitfall. So it's got the five must-dos for every ad and 27 words to avoid and additional specific headline formulas I want you to test and imagery ideas and the coolest blueprint of our entire system. So you can find all of that at youradkit.com slash SME. And does it cost anything? Oh, it's free. Well, you didn't mention <laughs> that's the most important part. Okay. What's that URL again? Uh, youradkit.com slash SME. Awesome. And Tara, if people want to reach out to you on social, where would they find you? Oh, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram and it's at Tara Zirker. Z-I-R-K-E. What's well, T-A-R-A-Z-I-R-K-E-R. -E Tara, you thank it. you so much for coming on the show and sharing all, all your awesome wisdom and insights oh, with us. Thank you so much for the invitation. I hope everyone has a fabulous week. Hey, I hope you found a lot of value in today's interview. If there was anything we mentioned and you missed it, socialmediaexaminer.com slash 398. We'll get you to the podcast episode. Also, hit that subscribe button if you're new to this podcast. And if you love the content that you've been hearing, I would love a review. 
The easiest way to do that is to go to socialmediaexaminer.com slash Apple, and that will pull up the review capabilities in the Apple podcast directory. And I hope you have an amazing day because this brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. And I am your host, Michael Stelzner, and I will be back next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. See you soon. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.